हरे कृष्णा is no material ways that we can fully express or appreciate the good fortune we all have to be together in the presence of Sri Sri Radha Govinda Dev. in such an assembly of devotees. One of the greatest impediments for making spiritual progress is not focusing our attention on appreciation, gratitude, for what we are given. Manushanam sahasreshu kashchid yatati siddhaye yatatam apisiddhanam kashchin mambeti tattvata. Out of many, many billions of living entities, trillions, quadrillions of living entities, it's very rare. Daniel Mahaprabhu explained to Sri Rupa Goswami that out of such billions and trillions of living beings, it's rare to get the human form of life. And of those in the human form of life, to follow religion or a spiritual path is very rare. And of those, most are seeking just material, temporary, fleeting benefits. To seek liberation is very rare. Muktanam apisidhanam narayana parayana sudurlabha prasantatma kotachvapi mahamune. And out of millions and millions, countless of people seeking liberation and even yogic mystic cities, it's very difficult to find one person who's seeking pure unalloyed love. And such a person, narayana parayana, one who would achieves this love is the only person who can achieve true peace. This is spoken in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Just this morning I heard a tape of Srila Prabhupada. He was saying, he was saying so many leaders are making plans for peace. The words, the, the names he gave, he said, Hitler was promising and making plans for peace. And Napoleon was making plans for peace. And Mussolini was making plans for peace. And, and Gandhi was making plans for peace. So many. And then he, because he was saying this, actually at New Vrindavan in 1969, he was looking at the American, he called, up, he called us boys and girls. He said, 
and you have your Roosevelt, <laughs> who was making so many plans for peace. So Prabhupada was seeing it in a particular time context. But he said, but nobody, no matter what plans they make, no matter how good or bad their intentions may be, it's impossible to find peace when we're being controlled by the influence of maya or the material energy. Because in the nature of material energy, everything is changing. Birth, old age, disease, death is inevitable. And the nature of material energy, especially in this age of Kali, is situations. The example is given like bamboo trees in the forest. The bamboo trees are just, just there, but then a wind comes, and the wind causes the bamboo trees to rub together, and when the rubbing happens, fire! And then the, so much trouble, forest fire. So in this age of Kali, the wind, the influence, is to create suspicion, animosity, envy. And through that suspicion, lack of trust, animosity, envy, there's quarrel, there's hypocrisy. And in Kali Yuga, people like to fight. So no matter what arrangements we make, the winds of Kali are still blowing, and there's nothing we can do to change that, but we can't change ourselves. This great benediction in the age of Kali, if we take shelter of the holy name, we become free of this envy, we find peace within ourselves, and then we can actually deal with the winds of Kali from that platform. But as long as we're under the grips of Maya, there's very little materially we can do, and practically nothing spiritually we could do. Therefore, Krishna tells, Bahunam janmanam ante jnanavam ampapatyate basudeva sarvamiti samahatma suturlava. After many births and many deaths in this world, when one finally comes to the level of knowledge, one surrenders to Krishna. Knowing Krishna to be the cause of all causes and all that is, When Srila Prabhupada came to New York City in 1965, this was his singular message. The devotees were, had so many plans and ideas of how to expand the movement in Srila Prabhupada, but it was to bring people to, to appreciate that after many, many births and many deaths and many species of life, We've come to a place where there is an empowered 
unalloyed, compassionate devotee of, of God who's teaching us this single principle, how to love Krishna. Because when everything is said and done, if we don't love Krishna, our life is quite wasted. So here we are in the presence of Radha Govinda from the spiritual world of Goloka, Srimati Radharani has descended with Govinda Dev. Govinda Madhi Purusham Tamahambajami, he's the supreme absolute truth, the cause of all causes, he's the, the enjoyer of the gopis. He's come in his original form, playing his flute, and Sri Radha is coming with her hand to bless us. Srila Prabhupada, personally, personally, prana pratishta, he invited them in these forms in New York City so that they would be fully, personally present. That's inconceivable. How that Brindaban who is in Goloka, that same Krishna, can fully manifest in what the word Prabhupada used in the form of what appears to be a statue. But he's there because he has a chintya shakti, he has inconceivable potencies. That's why it's so inconceivable. If Krishna so desires, he could, he could come and just to give us the opportunity to serve and develop our love, Radharani and Govinda Dev in their forms, they actually feel hungry. They actually feel tired to go to sleep. They actually won't wake up until we wake them up. It's not just a, a sentiment. I remember when I was a Pujari for about seven years, on a mountain, my father came and he said, what do you do all day? I said, I serve them. He started crying. He said, my son, your whole life is playing with dolls. I said, they're not dolls, they're deities. But that made him even more confused. <laughs> But it's true, Krishna is so, so he makes himself by the mercy of great acharyas who invite him to come out of compassion for us, all of us. He comes in a way that he wants us to protect him. 
Sri Radharani, when she wants to, she expands herself into an expansion of expansion, expansion into Durga or Kali. Durga doesn't need anyone to protect her. She's the presiding goddess, goddess of material existence. At her mere will, she could destroy everything and everyone, and she does. And Sri Radha, who's, a, who's a, the most innocent gopi who's standing on the altar, I'm hungry, I'm sleepy, please give me something nice to wear. And we get to do that for her. And we get to protect her. The little gates. <laughs> such, to develop such a personal relationship with Radharani Krishna, To be in a place where people are gathered together, whatever our particular level of spiritual advancement, just the fact that people are coming because they want to connect to the personality of Godhead. And somehow we may have some ulterior motives, but perhaps everyone here is seeking to love them, to serve them with all our diversities. And we're in their presence. They're personally looking at us. And we're looking at them. We're singing for them, we're dancing for them, we're hearing their glories, we're with the devotees who want to serve them. It's actually inconceivable. To take that for granted, to take it as an ordinary thing, to get distracted by, so, by stuff and not really be focused on our good fortune is to be out of touch with reality. So I was listening to the introduction that Hari Vallas Prabhu has given. And he said, I'm giving a talk on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all mothers throughout the universe. Because Mother's Day is a day of expressing gratitude. Father's Day is also a day of expressing gratitude. because it is essential that we cultivate gratitude in our heart. And in the path of devotional service, we do not just to cultivate gratitude for all the things we like. That's an ordinary person is sometimes grateful when we get what we like. but to be grateful for the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to grow in whatever comes to us. It's that type of gratitude 
that brings about the awakening of Krishna consciousness, of loving devotional service. Next week we are celebrating Narasinga Chaturdasi. Could everyone hear properly? Because it sounds like special echoing effects are coming. Those old sound systems are so nice because they don't have any of these effects that the technicians can start experimenting with. <laughs> but Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because just a, just a couple days ago was Akshaya Tritya, yes? We're very, very holy day. And especially there's a place in South India, Vishakapatnam, and one of the most popular, famous, powerful deities of Narasimha Dev, Jiada Narasimha, is residing. He's actually Varaha Narasimha. And he's so angry because of what Hiranyakashipu tried to do to Prahlad in that place. He tried to put a mountain on him under the ocean to destroy him. But Varaha Nursinga came and saved Prahlad because he took shelter. And how he took shelter is Mahajanoyenagatasapanta. It's such an example. It's so hard to do, but it's our nature. He took shelter without envy. Krishna tells Arjuna, you can understand this message because you do not have envy. So we have to very, very, as we're chanting and purifying our hearts, we have to deliberately um, be conscious of not giving in to envy. So that Morty is so angry that they try to cool him off for millenniums, they've been trying to cool him off by putting sandalwood pulp on him. And he's covered with sandalwood, many layers, because they just keep putting more and more on for throughout the year, and only on this one day do they take the sandalwood off, and you could actually see the murti as he is. So when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went there, in front of Lord Narasimha Dev, he was dancing and chanting in kirtan, and he sang a beautiful verse in glorification of Narasimha Dev. He compared Narasimha Dev to a loving mother. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> I'm trying to make connections. He said, just like a lioness, who's a mother, who has a little cub. She loves her cub so much, she will protect that cub with her life and soul. Her entire consciousness out of her natural love for her little helpless cub is so much love. There's nothing else in her life. She eats for that child, she sleeps for that child. 
and it's ascribed that that anybody who tries to disturb that cub, the lioness becomes ferocious, the most ferocious thing in the world. So Nadarsinghe Dave, who's a lion, <laughs> half lion, he was ferocious because Hiranyakashipu was trying to disturb little Prahlad, like the mother lioness. But anyone who does favor, who's kind to the little cub, and to the cub herself, to the cub herself, in this regard, Prahlad, the lion is so gentle and affectionate and kind. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after he took sannyas, he met his mother again in Shantipur. And he expressed to her, he bowed down to her. He's a sannyasi. Not only a sannyasi, the crest jewel, the greatest of all sannyasis, Mahaprabhu. When his mother saw him with the shaved head and saffron robes for the first time, she cried. How piteous she cried. And Lord Chaitanya bowed down to her. And he said, actually, my mother, whatever I have has been given by you. Whatever devotion I have, my very life itself has been given by you. I had no right to hurt you, but somehow I went a little crazy and I did like this. I took sannyas. But I'll do whatever you want. And it was his mother, Sachi. Although Lord Chaitanya's greatest enthusiasm in life was to go to Brindaban. He kept trying to go. And now he took sannyas, now I could go. And his mother said, please don't go to Brindaban. Krishna's in Puri as Jagannath. And Puri and Brindavan, I mean, Puri and Navadvip are like two rooms in the same house. If you go there, I can hear your, your pastimes. And I could meet people who are seeing you. So Lord Chaitanya completely changed all of his plans and made his home in Jagannath Puri. And while he was in Puri, when, when devotees would go to Navadweep, sometimes they were just going, sometimes he would personally send them. And he would send all sorts of prasad to Sachi Devi, his mother. And in one instance, Damodar Pandit, he brought so much nice prasad to Sachi Devi. And he came back to Puri Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, how is my mother? And Damodar Pandit became so angry. Damodar Pandit had a special characteristic that no one could, be, could imitate. 
and that is he would show his love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead by chastising him. Damodar Pandit, when, he, when Lord Chaitanya said, how is Sachi Devi? The great Pandit said, why do you ask such a question like this? You know how Sachi Devi is. How could you ask such a question? This is not proper at all. Sachi Devi is the mother of all devotion. She's Yasodamai herself, the mother of Krishna. She's the embodiment of all love. Whatever love, whatever devotion you have, you have received from Sachi Devi, and you're asking how she is? This is shameful. Lord Chaitanya was so happy. <laughs> he was blissful. He said, yes, whatever you're saying is so true. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> it's true. And he would say many, many times, whatever devotion, whatever love, whatever good qualities I have, I must, I must be grateful that I have them received from my mother. And the way the world is, there's a little baby making so much nice noise here. Yes, it's again, Shigur Chandra Prabhu in Tulsi. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, please. But just child and mother, we are seeing. Tulsi loves that child with her heart and soul. That, that's not even her child. What is it? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I saw Nandi there, too. Tulsi's child, mother of the universe for all children. <laughs> Whenever I have these discussions, somehow children get excited. <laughs> But a little baby in any of animal species, bird species, any of the varieties of human beings, a little baby is completely dependent on the love of a mother. You can't survive without. Well, babies can't find anything to eat. They have no shelter. They don't have developed intelligence. So it's true. Whatever anybody does in life, it's a reality. The foundation of who we are and what we do is our mother. If she didn't go through all the anxieties and the pains of giving birth to us and take care of us, whether it's our original mother or someone taking the role of our mother when we're very, very young, it's the foundation of every aspect of our life because we wouldn't be here. So Mother's Day is a day of gratitude.
Sachi Devi is the original mother. She's Yashoda. Even Krishna. <laughs> Krishna was so grateful to his mother. The scribe Sukadeva Goswami told that Yashoda Mai and Rohini Devi, the mothers of Krishna and Balaram, they were constantly living in the anxiety of motherly love for their children. So you see, love doesn't just mean peace, as we can see. <laughs> love means we give ourselves to serve the object of our love. And I've hardly seen any mother, either in the scriptures or in New York City or anywhere else in the world, I've hardly seen a mother who's peaceful. <laughs> Mothers are in anxiety. But that anxiety is a higher experience than peace because it's based on love. Bhakti means reciprocation of love. Reciprocation with the origin of love, which is Sri Radha Govinda Dev. But also to reciprocate, and that's what Vaishnava relationships are. Appreciation, gratitude, and reciprocating loving relations with each other. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's the story of Dhruva. We know how Dhruva wanted to go on the throne of his father to sit with his father. He just wanted to be with his father. He was only four or five years old. And somehow or other, his Stepmother, Suruchi, she blasted him. Get off. Get off that throne. You have no right because you are not born of my womb. You were born of an inferior woman. If you want to be on that throne ever, then you must worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead very sincerely. And then you can take your next birth from my womb. Basically, she's saying, because your mother is so useless, you have to die. And you have to worship God to become my child. He looked at his father like, please protect me. And father didn't say anything. He didn't even look at him. So little Druva ran to his mother Suniti. She was broken hearted when the people of the palace told what happened. Dhruva couldn't say a word. He was just crying. He was so broken hearted, so 
angry. It was intolerable for her to see her son in this situation. It said her complexion became like a dry leaf burning in the fire of anguish. She began to heave with her breathing and she just could not come to any conclusion of what to do. She understood there is no material solution to this. With all her motherly love, she was thinking every possibility, what could I do for my child? And she realized there's nothing I could do for him. He'll never be pacified by this situation. And there's nothing in this entire material existence that can pacify him. And then she spoke. And these are the words in Srimad Bhagavatam. They're not only of the words to Dhruva Maharaj, but they're actually words to every living being in the human life who is striving for self-realization. She has just been totally insulted in the worst way to her own son by her co-wife and by not saying anything in response she was totally betrayed and insulted by her own husband. And they caused so much pain to her little son. But she told Druva, my son do not ever wish anything inauspicious to anyone. That was her opening words. Because any type of pain, whether it be physical or emotional, any type of pain you cause to anyone, that pain you will have to suffer. And she taught Druva and taught us, such a mother, how to see opportunity in every situation. She said, what your, what your stepmother said is true. You should worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then all your desires could be fulfilled. And then she gave this instruction to us. She said, without envy, worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead and serve the Lord for his pleasure. As your stepmother has said, that it was by taking shelter of the Lord 
that Lord Brahma, your great-grandfather, was given the power to create the universe. It was by taking shelter of the Lord through his sacrifices, his charity, and his devotion that Swayambhuvamanu, your grandfather, has achieved the greatest affluence and happiness in this world and the highest liberation beyond. The only shelter there is in the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Take shelter. And Dhruva left. And that's a long story. But ultimately he became a self-realized soul. Because he followed the words of his mother. And eventually he met Narada Muni, his guru, who gave him very, very specific instructions of how to perform his sadhana, to chant the holy names, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, to meditate on the form of the Lord in your heart, to worship the deity, to go to a holy place. And he did. And he saw God. And he had no desire except to be the servant of the servant of the servant of the Lord for the rest of his life. And by Lord Narayan's mercy, he came back and became king. And his father welcomed him back. And Dhruva completely, lovingly forgave his stepmother and his stepbrother and everybody, her father because he had no malice in his heart anymore. He had no envy. He was everyone's well-wisher. And after many, many years of ruling the world, he went to Badrikashram to retire. And there he was living with great sages and rishis. And when the time came, the Supreme Lord Vishnu sent an airplane to bring him to the spiritual world of Vaikuntha, which I, with two very, very great um, associates to welcome him back home, back to Godhead. And they came and told Dhruva, we're, we're here to take you to the spiritual world. In your same body, we're going to take you. It will be transformed into spiritual body. And what did Dhruva do? He said, I have to do my sadhana. <laughs> he did his sadhana. You know, in our vocabulary, he finished chanting his rounds. He did his prayers, he did his meditation, he did his puja. Because that's his service to the Lord. There's no, there's no difference between service in this world and service in the spiritual world. So he was serving to please the Lord. His object was not to go back to God. His objective was to please the Lord. And he was following his guru's instruction to perform his seva. 
So he did. And then after he finished his morning seva, then he went to each and every one of the great sages and rishis and bowed down to them and begged for their blessings. Now that's interesting. Because he was going. They weren't going. And he, it's not that he's a little boy anymore. Now he's already been a king for so many years. It would be it would be natural for most of us at least to be thinking that I'm going back to Godhead today. You're not. <laughs> but he didn't think that way. He was thinking that I, I require their blessings. That was his humility. I can't go back to Godhead and I, unless I get all of your blessings. So they all gave heartfelt blessings. Because how can you not give heartfelt blessings when someone is coming to you in this mood of so much affection, as such a well-wisher? Because we cannot force someone to give us blessings. Blessings come from the spontaneous affection of the heart when we are in the proper disposition to seek them. After getting everyone's blessings, he stepped on the head of death personified as the step to board the chariot. And then, now here he is, he's on his way to the ultimate spiritual perfection. In fact, he was going to Dhruva Loka, where he was going to be presiding over a Vaikuntha planet. And he was thinking of his mother with gratitude. It was so many, many years, thousands and thousands of years, it was Satya Yuga at the time, when his mother gave him that little instruction. Wish only auspiciousness to everyone. Don't cause pain. Give up your envy, worship the Lord. That was the foundation of everything he had. He never forgot. He was remembering his mother on that airplane. And he was thinking, how could I go without my mother? It's only because of her that I could go. And at that moment, I think it was Nanda Sunanda, they, they told, they pointed, and ahead of Druva was another airplane, and his mother was on it. That was his gratitude, that was his love. How could I go without my mother? And in that purport, Srila Prabhupada, in his profound humility, he writes that if I 
have one child, one disciple that's like Druva that becomes a pure devotee, then even I will get to go back to God. <laughs> that's Prabhupada's humility. What is our position to think we're great devotees? Because of me, so much is happening. The person who's given us everything, Srila Prabhupada, that is his genuine mood of gratitude and humility and devotion. Is this the time to end? Tomorrow, I believe it's tomorrow, is the appearance day of Sita Devi and Janavi, Janava Devi. And actually when I came here I was planning to speak about them, but somehow I started speaking other things. But I'm remembering within our scriptures the humility of great Vaishnavas. When Ramanujacharya was told that Kuresh, his dear, dear, dear most of all disciples and friends, who sacrificed everything for his guru, he prayed to Vishnu, please let me give up my body. The only two desires I have is let me give up my body, let me die from this world and whoever is dear to me let them go back to Godhead so Vishnu said yes I will grant both of you so all the devotees were weeping and crying in such pain because now Koresh is going to die <laughs> So they went and told Ramanujacharya about these benedictions and Ramanujacharya started dancing and he had a chatter and he was whirling it around and dancing and, and crying in ecstasy while he was laughing and smiling. And the devotee said, well, you know, your best devotee, our dearest God brother, he's going to die. Why are you so happy? And Ramanuja said, because Anybody who's dear to him are going to go to Vaikuntha, and I'm his guru, so I must be dear to him too. <laughs> so because of him, even I get to go to Vaikuntha. That was Prabhupada's mood. So Janava Devi, the consort of Nityananda Prabhu, 
I'll speak about her at Bhakti Center on Tuesday <laughs> because we're out of time here. She, mother of the universe. And I'll just tell one story because I can't um, not tell the story. After Nityananda Prabhu departed from this world, and Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya departed from the world, Advaita Prabhu, Gadadhar Prabhu, they were all gone. And so many of the other associates, Ramananda Rai, Swarup Damodar Maharaj, Guru, um, King Pratapurudra, Murari Gupta, Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, Raghunath Bhatt Goswami, they had all departed from the world. And Narutam Das Thakur, Shamananda Goswami, and Srinivas Acharya. They planned to organize the first, in the history of the world, the first Gorpurnima festival to celebrate Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance on Palgun Purnima. And they planned to do it in Keturi Gram. Narottam Das Thakur, when he was very young, he left his home. He was meant to be like the local king, the zamandar of this whole province of land. It was extremely wealthy. But he left it to go to Brindaban. And years and years later he came back and his cousin brother, Santosh Datta, had inherited everything. Narottam came back. They were such brothers. They hear Narottam Das Thakur is now totally in the renounced order of life. Santosh Dutt has a family and he's the king. And Santosh Dutt accepted pure devotional service and dedicated his entire kingdom to the service of the Lord. And then Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Narottam, I'm living in a silo filled with poisonous snakes. Please come and bring me out and make a temple for me. So Narottam was asking, is there any silos filled with poisonous snakes? And everybody knew, yes, there's a vipradas. He has silos filled with snakes. Nobody goes near them. So he went and he met Vipradas. He said, you have silos filled with snakes? He said, yes. He said, okay, where are they? And he started walking. And Vipradas said, no, no, you cannot go. You, this is not possible. Those snakes are very ferocious. Let me tell you about these snakes. I put a huge amount of investment into my grains in these silos, but so many poisonous snakes are there. If anyone goes near, they'll be killed. 
So I got snake charmers and I did every possible method to get the snakes, but the more we tried to do it, the louder they hiss. So I just boarded it off, blocked it off, just wrote it off as a permanent loss. And Narottam smiled and started walking and everybody was trying to stop him, but he was so fearless. He walked right into the silo. After he went in the silo, everyone saw all the hundreds and hundreds of snakes flowing out of the door of the silo and going into the forest. And then Narotamka comes out with a deity of Lord Chaitanya and Vishnu Priya. And we, they decided, Gorpurnima, we will have installation. And he had, he had total six deities. But they wanted Janava to be the presiding Acharya for the whole festival. And she had a dream. She had a dream of Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda appearing and telling her, go to Ketri, preside over this celebration. And during the Kirtan of Narottam Das Thakur, we will all, Lord Chaitanya said, I will appear with all of my associates and dance right before your eyes. So she came. And on the day of Gorpurnima, when they were going to have the celebration and install all the deities, at a certain time, Srinivasacharya was like the head priest. But everything was done according to the direction and the blessings of Janava Devi, the mother of Gaudiya Vaishnavism the Shakti of Nityananda Prabhu. She instructed to have kirtan. Each of the kirtan leaders, singers, they all came and touched John of his feet and begged for her blessings and she told them to get the blessings of all the other senior devotees and they did that. Then they had a special puja with chandan and garlands for each and every murdanga, each and every kartal, and each and every instrument because they understood this is Lord Chaitanya's personal paraphernalia. Krishna's manifesting in his holy names and these are the instruments that are, are Krishna's intimate associates in inducing him to appear in his holy names. So they worship the instruments, not just as objects, but they were seeing Krishna. And then Narottam Das Thakur began to sing. And he sang in such a way, with such feelings of separation from Lord Chaitanya and all of the devotees. And as the devotees were in kirtan, they completely, gradually, more and more and more lost themselves in the divine sound of the holy names.
There was no envy, there was no ego, there was just one heart, one voice of love for Lord Chaitanya. And thinking of his pastimes, thinking of his mercy, his compassion upon all living beings, they were filled with love. But the most, one of the most important features of this story is this. How did it happen? Just before Narottam Das Thakur was about to begin the kirtan, Ishwari Janava Devi, she intensely, lovingly, constantly was gazing at Narottam Das Thakur. And through her staring at him, she infused her compassion, her love, her shakti into him. She is the one that actually infused Narottam Das Thakur with the capacity to chant with such love that Lord Chaitanya and all of his associates would come. At the crescendo of the kirtan, like lightning in a cloud, there was dancing among everyone for everyone to see Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nityananda Prabhu, Dvaita Prabhu, Gadadhar Prabhu, Srivas Prabhu. Hadn't been seen for years. There was Thakur Haridas and Murari Gupta. There was Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, Raghunath Bhatt Goswami. They were all dancing. Swarup Damodar Goswami, Ramananda Rai, blissfully crying in ecstasy to see all the devotees. The all devotees were all crying in ecstasy to see the Lord and all their associates. And they danced and they danced and they danced. And Janava Devi, who was, it was her love, her compassion that was the cause of this incredible pastime. She was just seeing her Nityananda Prabhu once again after so long and seeing the joy of all the devotees. Suddenly, all Mahaprabhu's associates who had departed, they departed. They were gone. And to the same extent there was joy when they came, now there was sorrow, virahabhav. There was the pangs of separation. And devotees, even though it was just a few minutes they were dancing with the Lord and his personal associates, and for many of them, they hadn't seen him for years, and for Narottam and Srinivas and Shamanand, they had never seen him before. They gave their life to him. Can you imagine the joy if during the kirtan today, Srila Prabhupada just appears and dances? with all the parampara. <laughs> it's what they were feeling. And now they're gone. 
And the devotees are running here and there. Where is Gadadhar? Where is Nityananda Prabhu? Where is Srivas? Where is Marari and, and Haridas? Where did you go? They were falling unconscious in separation. They tasted the sweetness of their company and now the intensity of their love was like a blazing fire. What could they do? But Janava Devi knew exactly what to do. She called Srinivas Acharya. She said, today is holy. Begin the holy festival. And although everyone was in such pain of viraha, John, Srinivas Acharya took wonderful powders that were made from fine pollens that were colored with natural colors and they were scented with perfumes for the deities and he brought them all to Janava Devi and she took those fine powders and sprinkled it on Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's deity Sri Goranga and the others um, and after offering that puja she gave to some of the other senior devotees and they sprinkled it on the deities very very gently and then the remnants the Mahaprasad Janavi Devi said now let the devotees share the Mahaprasad among each other and they had such a as soon as they started doing that, because they saw Janavi Devi was so happy, all of their sorrow became bliss as they played holy together. And they did that and had the kirtan all night long until Mangalarti. And after Mangalarti, Janavi Devi, she She started to cook. She, she began to cook for everyone. She cooked a wonderful feast. And she served all the devotees with her own hands. And how happy they were. In this way, She was the most worshipable personality in the world at that time. And we read in, just after that, she went to Brindavan. And Jiva Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami, Gopalbhata Goswami, Lokadath Goswami, Bhugarbha Goswami, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, they all put their head on her feet and worshipped her. And sought, sought her blessings. the mother of devotion, an expansion of Sri Radha. So how grateful we could be on Mother's Day that the Supreme Mother of all mothers, Sri Radha Rani, is personally standing before us, eagerly waiting for us to surrender our hearts and offer our service. And Govinda Dave is playing upon his flute.
Srila Prabhupada, he told us that if Radharani, the Supreme Mother of all living beings, sees that her child is sincerely trying to serve her servants, she tells Krishna, please accept him. He is better than, he or she is better than me. That is the meaning of Mother's Day. Thank you very much. <laughs>